This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hang on. Hello and welcome to Homestar Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host today as we look back at a narrow 1-0 defeat for Palace at the hands of Newcastle United. Despite dominating for long spells, the Eagles struggled to create and take clear chances and late in the day an unfortunate set-piece saw the ball in Julian Speroni's net and no way back. We'll give you our analysis but make sure you get in touch with yours too. Head to holradio.net forward slash contact to find out how, including the HOL Radio chat room at holradio.net slash chat. I'll introduce the panel after this short break. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia, homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, we are then. Do go gentle with me today. I've not long got back from Newcastle, and yeah, I feel I feel like it. My panel today. Well, it firstly consists of Mr. Nicholas Gillard. Hello, Christopher. Hello, um, everybody listening. Yeah, that's thank you. Thank you. I'm sure they appreciate your uh, your greeting. Uh, we also have Mr. Albert Curley. Hello. Hello. Very formal. And uh, completing the panel, we have the Pengemeister, Alex Ponge himself. Alex Penge. Hi, <laughs> Hambo. How are you? I'm good. That's I'm really happy. Name. Really happy with my introduction to you because I just said your name and then Thank your you. name again. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Uh, what Bruce do you prefer? Life is still alive. Uh, that's, that's it. What, what do you prefer? Is it is it Pongemeister or Pengemeister? Which is your favourite? I'll, I'll go for the latter, but whatever you want to call me, Chris. Oh, interesting. We'll go uh, with the, the latter. Not anything, obviously. Well, okay. Well, suggestions. Uh, <laughs> tweet at HOL Radio. We'll do, mate. Fair play. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's get on with this. Um, yeah, and just a, a quick nod to uh, to Newcastle. It was a it was a you know 
it wasn't the best of games to be honest with you but it's always a great night out i'm sure there's some people listening in either live on their way back or via the podcast later in the week who are probably still suffering like i am but uh yeah you've got if you haven't done newcastle before as an away trip highly recommended and i think this year was the last year you have to put up with the stairs more on that later a quick shout out i met uh shane who you remember from our um phone-in show um i met him and uh, a mate of his ben up in newcastle it's great to great to meet people in person always is um and uh yeah yeah and, uh yeah cheers guys <laughs> and also quick nod towards uh five-year plans um uh they did a they did a quick podcast after the game uh lucy white of this parish features on that uh as well formally. as jim daly <laughs> formally yeah no we're very happy to do another crossover and she was on that with uh, Skippy Windsor and Jim Daly of FYP. Well worth a listen. Listen to it on my way back myself. And very, very good it was too. Um, right. Let's get the hell on with this. <laughs> uh, so we had the lads, we had the same lineup. You would have thought probably pre-match that that was going to happen given the performance and result against Chelsea. So completely understandable. But uh, a very, very different game. And... Um, Really, a lot of that comes from the fact that you know Newcastle played the game a lot different to, to the way Chelsea played it. Uh, but in terms of the system and shape, um, you know, I, I'll draw a few conclusions myself. But I want to get some early views from the gents. So I'll start. Not, well, not from the gents. That's something else. Uh, from the panel, <laughs> I've left you something in there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, good slip up straight away. Um, Okay, let's start with you then, Albert, since you spoke first there. Um, again, so we're talking lineup, we're talking shape, the way we approach the game. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, well, ha- having been on the preview show with Terence on Wednesday and explicitly saying I wouldn't change the team, I'd, I'd look awfully hypocritical if I sat here and said I'd have done anything different. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't see what... There was, no, there was no major stakes for changing it really I mean again using hindsight maybe we should have done something slightly different just as an element of surprise because I'm sure Benitez will have looked at the Chelsea performance and you know done his best to counter that and which he's you know credit to him he did Um, but with the squad we've got and the lack of strikers which sick of talking about not a lot you can do really to mix it up so no, but there, there, there's certainly some aspects of the the selection which, like you said, were were a surprise against Chelsea and worked pretty well. But uh, but when you when you've just come off the back of a defeat, and again, you you're right, say hindsight, but you can still look at it and say there's a couple of uh, square pegs and round holes, that kind of a thing. But we'll uh, we'll come to that in a bit. Uh, Alex, uh, your views initially. Well, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. It would have been a bit harsh to drop anyone from that side. Uh, Last week, I think the only talking point really for the game was whether Hennessy would come back into the side. Uh, but because the defence looked quite assured last week, I don't think there was any reason to to, to drop Spironi. And I'm, I imagine a lot of fans wanted Spironi to stay in. So, yeah, I, you know, I thought Loftus-Cheek would have to work his way back in, no matter how well he's played this season. You know, MacArthur put a good shift in last week. And yep. yeah, there, there was no reason at all to change the side. No, and, and you, you know, you bring up the, the fans wanting Spironi to stay in. I think we ran a poll midweek on Facebook, <laughs> and it was one of the most comprehensive uh, polls I've ever seen in my life. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds voted for Spironi. I think Wayne Hennessy got 10 votes. Um, I'm not sure how many of those were genuine or from Wayne. But um, no, that you, you don't want to disrespect your players, but I think it's pretty clear that, uh, you know, it certainly feels to me like the, the, the team... 
are a bit more comfortable with with Julian in behind, as you say. Nick, your um, your views on that lineup? Anything uh, that you, you well, disagreed just, with? Just before you do, there was a lot of um, nonsense on Twitter again. Look, don't at Wayne Hennessy and tell him what you think of him. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, that yeah, really gets my yeah. goat. Um, I maybe would have um, had Loftus Cheek on at the start instead of Schlupp because. Schlupp was one of the ones that was a bit quieter last week, but actually I thought we did quite well yesterday. Well, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that because a lot of people picked out Schlupp as one of the weak links um, as well as the left-hand side was was picked out as well as PVA as well. So it's, um, I don't know, it's, 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 it's difficult really to, I think, I don't want to get too far into it because it's a talking point I've got for a, for a bit later when we kick on, but I suppose maybe now's better that the, the right, the right, point um if we're going to talk about jeff schlup last time out against chelsea he moved inside quite a lot and played you know played central at times and i thought he you know he did a pretty good job but it was the right time to take him off the pitch when he got a substitute against chelsea because he'd started to lose you know the overlapping run of the fullback and i think the newcastle game was a much weaker game from him you know i think when he's on the ball, he seems to lack the drive and confidence to, to really push on in all the situations you want him to. He's got incredible pace. He's got, you know, a lot of experience as a winger and as a forward. You, you really kind of want to see him contribute more as an attacking force because when he does, sometimes he does look a real danger. Is, is that fair, Nick? Is it more about him contributing more to the attacking phase of play than, you know, than, than perhaps him not being good enough? I don't know. He seemed to put in a shift yesterday. I thought. I, I thought there were moments where he was he was battling and winning the ball and a couple of incisive passes and and some good runs. So I I don't think he he was that bad and deserves the kind of criticism he's been getting. Yeah, well we got a tweet in from um, from Will, formerly of this parish as well, um, and he's he said that the, the decision he would have made was uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek on for, uh, in for James MacArthur and yeah. Fossey Mensah in for Joel Ward. Um, again, two two things that we've probably you know talked about in the past. So obviously, but you said yourself, Alex, Loftus Cheek, you know, has got to work to get back in the team, particularly after the the way we played against Chelsea. But the the Joel Ward criticism on this show has been pretty strong, mainly from me, I think. But I, you know, I will acknowledge he had a really good game against Chelsea, and I thought he was actually pretty solid. There wasn't too much that got past him. You know, one or two moves definitely. I think Atsu got past him at one stage and hit the side net him, but they targeted. Yeah, it was a bit a soft there. But. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. That's the worry, isn't it? With you know, he doesn't stop enough crosses, and he, it can be a little bit too easy to get past him. But I don't know how do you feel about that, Albert Fossu Mensa to come in still? Is that something you? Uh, I think yeah, I think long term. But again, I, I think it was it's the right decision to keep that momentum with a team that beat the champions last week. And you know, so can sound a bit harsh if if Joel Ward hasn't been dropped, you know, yet. And we've been in mind he's been pretty ropey for a while. To drop him after he has a great, great performance against Chelsea is not really going to um, inspire him much, is it? So yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, he'd be perfect. He deserved his place yesterday. Man, that's it. And only, I think, as you've said in the chat, there, Nick, you know, when no one has a bad game the week before, you know, it's, it, again, we're just talking about hindsight. We're just talking about the fact that no, we... I was, I was um, talking about yesterday as well. I oh, don't really? Think anybody had a bad game, really? Oh, well, I don't they... think there was anybody that was screaming out as being absolutely awful. I mean, it was a turgid game. I, I, I wrote notes for the game and I only got halfway through the first half before there was nothing else really to write about. Well, it, it um, was very low-key, you're right, yeah. Cool. Um, 
But um, in the chat room, um, Toby Reed has uh, agreed with me about people adding, and this is wholeradio.net forward slash chat, a few people in there. Um, yeah, people are adding Steve Parrish, they're complete idiots. He's, he said, uh, he started a story that um, he sat behind a guy who added Steve Parrish a couple of weeks ago. It was hilarious. Toby, tell us why, please, and I'll, I'll let the listeners know. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to get the, it was hilarious, but, you know, Maybe you had to be there. I don't, I don't know. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local All-Star Van Centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, so yeah, there, were a, there were a few incidents. To give you a kind of, um, actually before I delve into the, the, the match incidents, just a general kind of comment, you know, to sort of look at the, the difference between how we, you know, we set up the same we did against Chelsea, which was understandable, but what was the difference between the way Chelsea approached and the way Newcastle approached? Alex, do you think it's fair to say that the Newcastle were much more keen to let us have the ball and try and break them down and know that that's where we've perhaps been pretty weak in the past? Yeah, I think so. In the first half, especially, I think we saw more of the ball than probably what we wanted. So if you look at last week, you know, I feel like our strengths are on the break with, especially with this formation with Zaha and Townsend up, up top. I feel that's where we thrive and I feel Rafa Benitez sort of set out Newcastle like quite cleverly uh, and tactically, you know, they were quite switched on in the fact that, you know, they knew that if we had the ball, we don't know what to do when we've got the ball. So it's it, it sort of, you know, especially when they've got two midfielders, um, likes of Hayden and Shelby, who are both big lumps in, in the middle, um, you know, they're quite solid defensively as well you know with Lachelle's and and Lejeune like played quite well yesterday too so it I thought they set out perfectly to be honest and sort of uh, as the game you know uh, went on um they, they were sort of picking holes in, in our side and taking advantage of you know our, like sort of especially our fullbacks in Ward and Van Arnholt on the break with Atsu and Richie and you know, gradually they worked their way into the game and played a lot better. Well, they well they did, and and that again, I, you know, we'll we'll probably talk more about the reasons why. But just mm. as a, as an overview, you certainly you know, as you say, first half we were pretty dominant, um, but but didn't yeah. really create anything too clear cut. But second half, I you know, and I was a bit disappointed in in Roy Hodgson not really acknowledging this. And I suppose he's got to keep confidence up. So perhaps I've got to give him the benefit of the doubt there. But you know, what there were two factors I felt in the second half that. That sort of that came into play. The the first was some intelligent substitutions from Benitez, particularly around Diame, who came on and yeah. just totally changed the way Newcastle played. But I think, and you know, we didn't respond to that, which which disappointed me. But 
I think we were just very sloppy as well in that second half. I think we'd got into a fairly rhythm. You know, you've used the word turgid, Nick, to describe the game. And I think we kind of contributed to that more in the second half by being very pedestrian in our passing. The sort of sharpness that we saw against Chelsea had, had sort of turned into this kind of, you know, almost lackadaisical sort of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the ball in that general direction and hope that my, you know my, co- my teammate gets to it, um, and that was a shame because, you know, it's we've got we've just we've we've got to kind of follow up a positive performance with another positive. Otherwise, you know, we start drifting back, and we got a few forward reviews this, this week saying you know back to normal. And it's like we don't want this to be normal, and it wasn't it wasn't a terrible performance by any stretch of the imagination. But as you say, Alex, you know Newcastle came right back into it in the second half, and you know they they made all the changes, they made all the brave moves. So um, uh, before I yeah, well let's let's sort of delve into unless anyone uh, has anything they want to add to my sort of little ramble there. Um, I, I think we should sort of delve into some of the very few match incidents. Sorry, Christopher, can I just come back to Toby? He spent about 15 minutes typing out. Oh, of course, uh, my of course. Request. Be rude, rude not to, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, so thanks, Toby Reed, in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Um, so this is the bloke who was tweeting Parish. He said he kept changing his tweet. He wrote a full tweet stating about needing a striker, then changed it multiple times saying we should have signed X, Y, and Z positions just before just shouting angrily about Parish being a muppet and leaving about 20 minutes before the end of the game. <laughs> and Gerald's been below. It wasn't me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> so um whoever it is it's in row 33 of the Arthur. well there we go Joe said was it was he coating punction ah. it does it does sound alarmingly like mr mr joe holyoke but <laughs> trust it wasn't no he's, he's not one to well no he yeah he, he likes to act companies into tweets but not <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of an in joke sorry i've just seen i've just seen it happen lots of times that's all follow gel on twitter for more fun um, <laughs> so, he had a right go of that erectile dysfunction company, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you promised me four hours. Uh, oh, that is inappropriate. I can't believe we've gone down that road. Um, do you, I, I've got to ask this question because a lot of people uh, feel that this has been a criticism of Hodgson throughout his career, and certainly it's something that came into the the reckoning as England manager. Did we go into the game against Newcastle because it was an away game? Do we go into it a little bit too negatively? We were on the front foot at home against Chelsea. We really worried them. Zaha was on the ball a hell of a lot. You know, did, did we... Oh, how much was it Newcastle and how much was it us, Albert, do you feel, in, in, in that sense? Because we didn't, we didn't look to, to push the ball out to Wilf as much as we did against Chelsea and we didn't look to get our dangerous players on the ball and we, we, we'd rarely broke from our shape. It's, uh, it's, it's odd, really, because any... Oh, like I said, not there's any clear clear-cut chances but any half-decent chance which you can sort of see in the highlights it's not coming from playing like you said yeah like you say it's not coming from playing Wilfin you know there's balls into the box and you know Zaha's not renowned for his aerial ability and I think Schlupp you know has a chance in the air that he sort of pings back and Zaha then tries to recycle the ball across the six-yard line and yeah, I mean, maybe we were being forced. we were being forced out wide and tr- trying to play the ball in. You know, cross it into two strikers who aren't actually strikers, let alone you know strikers who are renowned for getting on the end of crosses. You know, in air and and getting head you know headed to chances on target. Um, I'd I'd, pro- I'd probably like to uh, I'd probably like to give Newcastle the credit 
for it rather than say we were tactically inept. I think, you know, Benitez is quite shrewd and he seemed to shepherd most of our chances out wide, but not with the most effective wide players on the ball. You know, Zaha's in the area because he's been told to play out front. Yeah, and again, I think it's a very easy thing to say and and the criticism has got to be there of not getting in an alternate striker option, isn't it, really? But it was crying out for Benteke yesterday and, you know, especially with the the sort of chance you've kind of referred to with Zaha, which we'll talk about in a moment. Go on, Nick. Well, Newcastle were very clever, weren't they? Because they they forced Wilf and Townsend um, out wide and the Canadian commentary actually said, you know, they're they're getting forward, but... um, they haven't got any strikers in the box because they haven't got any strikers. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that was the reason. And I think Newcastle did well there. And also, um, Shelby had control of that area just in front of the box. I think he was he was a bit of a rock for them. And, you know, they, 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 were, they were hopeless. They kept giving the ball to us. We, we just didn't make the most of what chances we had, especially Townsend. I think he, he, he had a couple of breaks and could have made more of it. Or you know had 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 the nails to go go for a shot, or not run for fifty miles with it when there's five or six players all screaming for the ball. All right. Well, we've got some, we've got a fair few questions uh, from, from earlier on, on on Twitter and a few on Facebook as well, which I think we'll uh, we'll get to in a bit. But let's have a little review of, of like I say, there wasn't really too much to talk about in terms of major game incidents, but there's there's a few that will get the uh, the tongues wagging. I think. Uh, so first of all. You laughed at that, Nick. Was that a bit too sort of cheesy DJ, was it? The sort of reference? No. You've got quiet on me. Yeah, All no, right. I, didn't, I didn't laugh. Oh, you just made a sound that sounded like a laugh. I just assumed it was. All right, fair enough. Stop breathing. <laughs> so, the first, the first kind of... It was two incidents in one, really, because you had uh, Will sort of got the ball in the penalty area, little twist and turn, went to ground. Not too much in it, really. Uh, would have been a very, very soft award of a penalty. and then, But Kabai reacted to that and, and was clearly disappointed that the, the foul hadn't been given. Uh, and then went into, um, let's just call it an ill-advised challenge. Now, I imagine we'll have some divisive views here on, um, on, on whether that should have been a red or not. So I'm going to start with you, if I may, Nick. Uh, views yes. on that Kabai challenge. It looked like a, a silly challenge because he was was going at the ball. He, he wasn't going to play the man, I don't think. I, I genuinely think he was going for the ball, especially the way he immediately his hands went up as if to say, you know, you know, because he, you know, if it if it had been Roy Keane had done that, he'd have spat in his face after as well, wouldn't he? <laughs> but you know, Kabai was out of it quick as he can. I don't think he's actually that type of player. But when they showed it 16 times in super slow-mo, it looked like a red card. It did, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously... Well, go on, Alex. You get your view in first. Oh, well, I was hoping to say it wouldn't be a red card because I thought it was a blatant red. <laughs> it was disgusting, really. Um, you know, I know I know. we always criticise referees, especially last season where we just didn't get above the green sometimes. But I feel like you've got got to look at it you know you've got to look at it partially uh impartially sorry and you've got to say that it was a disgraceful challenge and he completely lost his head i understand that the crowd were you know giving him stick all throughout the game um i understand he was a bit frustrated with that zaha um incident but there's no excuse in that challenge it was from he could have broke his leg 
And really, I don't want to see that from Palace players. I, I, I get it's one thing being passionate. It's one thing being, uh, you know, you know, putting your body in the line and stuff like that. But but trying to go late, I don't think he was going for the ball. He was just completely frustrated, and he just saw the red mist. And at that point in the game, where it was nil nil, that red would have completely changed the game. And you know, we could have lost two for. Nil. We were quite lucky there that he didn't get the red card. And yeah. I know you said that you know Kabai's not that type of player, but he does he does have these moments in games where he just completely loses it and well, he picks up these silly bookings. And I I love Kabai, don't I love Kabai, but on another day that could have completely just been a write-off and you know we'd be talking about you know a hammering right now. So we're very lucky to be Yeah, well well Nick on Twitter also referred to it as, as Johan's red mist and is it becoming a problem? Yeah. And I suppose there might be a general conversation about that he picks up a lot of yellow cards and he makes yeah. a lot of of tough challenges um you know and i'm sitting here as someone um who along with, with with at least one other person a few weeks back was calling for for our players to actually have a bit of fight about them you know and to actually start putting themselves about so i'm i've got a slightly less critical view but i want to go get albert's view before i i get into it uh i i i can see the argument for it being being a red but i, I think it I think it's borderline, and I if I can't help but keep the old Palace tinted glasses on. And I, I think it's it was the right decision. It's yellow card. A lot of people are saying he's gone in too footed. He hasn't. Um, the same thing. He's got he's gone off the ground. His his right foot is sort of sliding along the turf as he makes the challenge. Um, I know people saying oh he goes he does a scissor motion. I don't think he does. I think that's just the way he slides in. He's one leg apart from the other. Uh, and I think it's I think it's clumsy rather than reckless. I I, I think it was a, f- a fair enough decision. Yeah, um, and, and I I think you've you know stolen my, my thunder a little bit there because I mean it's all it's all Sorry. about that that that's all right. It's all about the the, the follow through and the challenge for me because it is odd. It's an it's a really strange action because he you know bear in mind it was it was pretty wet out there as well. Just for those who weren't up in Newcastle, it it was raining and you know the, the, there's a lot of. There was a lot of challenges all game, and there's there's a general conversation to be had about whether it was good for the game and good for us that the referee let a lot go, uh, because one of the players who complained strongest about Kabai's challenge was John Joe Shelby, who could have had three or four yellow cards in that game. Obviously, and he's a knobhead too. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. More the... of a testicle head. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know he's yeah he he should have he should have been off as well uh, at least a couple of times so it's very disappointing I think he got a card but he had a you know he was really putting in some some tough challenges that uh, you would hope the referee would have kind of tried to protect us from but yeah we got away with a lot as well and look the the bottom line is I think Kabai's apology saved him I th- I think that Atwell as he ran over was blowing the whistle repeatedly his hand went straight for the pocket and then he stopped himself and I think he looked at Kabai's reaction he looked at you know the fact that he'd probably let a lot go already and just thought you know I- I've got to praise him I-, I really I mean I felt at times that that he didn't help us but but when you look back at that he could have he could have just reacted yeah. it'd been understandable if he had let the emotion get hold of him and the the crowd were in uproar and as you were saying Alex goodbye had been booed he was clearly wound up all of that could have come together for a red card and a, and a ruined game and a, and a really bad result for us but in the end we still lost the game so <laughs> did you um hmm. sing the giant goodbye song after that right well we we didn't I don't think but, but we we did try that song a few times and this is a little grumble I, was, I toyed with it being with my hamblings rambling it's our way support love to sing songs a little bit too quickly 
you know, especially if you've done them, if especially if you've done them stairs, it's very difficult to actually fit all the words into the time frame you're given at times. I think it's just people, people being excited. It's always been the way, you know. We've always sung the songs quickly away from home, and you know, don't have the the drum of the the HF to keep us in in time. But um, but yeah, it was actually it was it, you know wasn't wasn't the best atmosphere either because I think the game didn't really inspire. Uh, too much noise but it was all right it's good oh the, the other thing i wanted to ask you before i forget how much did the weather affect it how blustery was it because i know it's a lot of high balls were going wayward was it down to the weather or down to crabness um i think the second one more than the first to be honest okay fair enough just wondering <laughs> so, yeah it was windy but you know i think i think i think the crapness was wrong for it it wasn't it wasn't the game wasn't affected by hurricane brian then no storm broad yeah storm brian yeah gail was out injured wasn't he so. oh hey hey that's what if you won't nick i will yeah <laughs> so uh there we go I suppose, yeah that was oh. that kind of question about Johan Kabay and I think that was the, probably the most exciting incident in the first half despite a lot of good play and a lot of, of decent football um, sort of the main chance for, for us in, in the first half was Wolf's header at the back post so it sort of clipped back I think it deflected off a defender and looped up to, to Zaha at the back post if that's Christian Benteke he just, you know that he finishes that and, and we're 1-0 up Wolf heads it wide and you know the the look on his face says, "Oh, it's you know I don't really know how to hit a ball." <laughs> Even though he did it very well against Brighton once, which we all remember, of course. But no, that wasn't really wasn't really set up. For me. It just shows, you know, we we're playing a certain way because of the players we have available. And when you, no, cobblers, cobblers, Benteke um, missed a couple of chances like that as well. So even if you got a striker, if they're Palace, they'll miss it. That's very negative view. He scores that, we win the game. I'm telling you, Benteke. I know, but you know, but yeah. But don't, it's not because he's not because Benteke did that quite a few times early season, didn't he? Why? Stop arguing. I think they get form, Nick. Sorry. Form. Yeah, that's right. Stop arguing. Okay. It's got this sort of awkward silence now. We've been derailed. I blame myself. I'm not really on my game today. <laughs> so uh, that was it, pretty much, for the first half. Second half. Again, I mentioned it earlier. I thought we were really quite sloppy in the way we approached the second half. We kind of tried to do the same thing as the first. Obviously, Newcastle were going to sort of shape, change things up, and they did. Uh, their substitutions were good. We didn't change anything. I think we've got a couple of questions in about that as well. Um, so I'll fill time by speaking while I look for it. <laughs> See if I can look for who I can, uh, who I can credit for that. It's a shame because... Uh, there you go so Peter Windsor um, got in touch and said should Roy have made some changes when we were on top and gone for the win slash consolidated the draw players were flagging in my opinion and I have to say Peter I completely agree and he should have made some changes I think a very obvious change would have been schlup off the pitch and get someone who's who's prepared to run a little bit I think we could have legitimately changed the system a bit as well even you know the substitution of Zaha is a controversial one because he's a player that can can make a difference um but again, he hadn't really seen the ball for about 15 minutes before we took him off. So, he's, and he's not long back from injury. And it's say, yeah, you can you can see that it's such a tough one. But I, I agree, a lot of the players did look tired. I know you want to make a, a point on this as well, Alex. Yeah, I thought Macarthur looked knackered as well. Um, if you saw him towards the end of the uh, Chelsea game, he was huffing and puffing as much as Wilf, in my opinion. And I still 
still think he's still trying to regain fitness after that that injury because he obviously we, everyone talks about that the Wilf injury but MacArthur was out for quite a long time and I know um, you know he got back into the side after scoring uh, in the Carabao Cup but he still not looked 100% to me and I, I'm not sure whether the injury's taken it out of him and sort of because uh, you know don't get wrong I think MacArthur's a good squad player but I'm not sure if he's if he's able to cut it um, for over 70 minutes to be honest because he just he just struggled uh, in the second half and I feel like Roy should have brought on uh, Loftus Cheek a lot earlier than he did. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was seventy-seven uh, because minutes. we needed that energy. We needed that driving force. Yeah, I think it was it was seventy-seven minutes before he, he made a change, yeah. and I, I do think that was a big error. Um, and and it could have, like you say, it could have been for Macarthur, could have been for Schlupp. I think could have been for Kabai, who really had to yeah. watch himself after getting away with that challenge for for the rest of the game as well. You could tell he had to mm. leave a couple of tackles that he usually would have gone for. So I think there was a lot of cause to to again, with a bit of hindsight, look back at that game and think there's things we could have done to make it a little bit easier for ourselves and and dealt with the the change that Newcastle made, Nick. I, I think he just wanted to replace like for like and Zaha is his most precious asset. So he's the one he wanted to protect the most well, because I mean, Newcastle were being a bit clattery. They, they were, they were very physical all game and, you know, but we, we gave, gave a bit ourselves as well. But I think this is where we get into the territory of saying, okay, something that worked against Chelsea didn't work against Newcastle. And you can look at what, as I've referred to earlier, the, the, the square pegs and round holes and MacArthur's one of those, you know, he's playing wide, right quite a lot of the game um and you know believe me it was the front two that, that failed in the system because when you look at how we played against Chelsea they get I said it last week but Danny Murphy pointed out brilliantly so the, the gaps between players were perfect but when we played against um Newcastle the gaps between Zaha and Townsend were just way too big the two of them weren't playing alongside each other for for a large proportion of the game and I think we struggled to get anyone up to to get close to the, to you know to either um, and that's that's really where we struggled in the final third, and particularly that was the case in the second half. But you know, uh, again, certainly, you know, Ruben Loftus Cheek. We've seen how good a player he is, and you just felt that game was crying out for him. Even at half time, I, I kind of thought mm. I'd like to see something happen there. Um, but there we go. It's, it's, like I say, it's easy to, to manage in hindsight, uh, I guess. And we haven't got a huge amount of options, but I thought there was enough there on the bench to change something. Um, yeah, so uh, I've kind of trailed off. <laughs> you, know, you, you said you were going to struggle tonight. And uh, I'm in a quandary because, listeners, Chris is always telling me off for interrupting. And I'm trying really, really hard not to interrupt. And he needs me to interrupt more than any other time this week. And I might just not interrupt and let him flounder. What do we reckon? Tem- can, can, can we talk about Townsend? Of about his, his decision-making? Yeah. A um, couple of great breaks we had, didn't we? And Townsend rushing forward. It's easier said than done, but he's he's slowed it down in a punctuesque way, and we've lost all the impetus now. Whether it's players coming forward quickly enough, I don't know. But but didn't you get a sense of excitement when you were going forward, and then suddenly it's gone back to uh, Spironi, Chris? Well, yeah, there, there was a bit of that, wasn't there? I don't. I don't mind us keeping possession of the ball. I really don't. You know, I know some people do struggle with the idea of if you can't go forwards, let's let's go back a bit. And I think the problem is it, it's part of the worst part of our season, if you like, the lack of confidence in, in to make a forward pass, the bravery. And where we struggle to make those passes, again, I pushed, 
you know people's attention directly to the second half where we didn't really make any real uh, sensible forward passes for quite a long period of that second half and that's where we started to lose that confidence and started to look backwards but I, I just think it's you, you've, you know, you've picked out Towns in there he was a willing runner all game one of our best players if not the best player for us on the day but again you're like you're talking about the final third but but we, again we're talking about options you know Wilf's Wilf's can only do so much so it's all about the rest of the team and we've mentioned the you know the players that Perhaps and, and perhaps we mentioned the reasons as well because MacArthur was tired, Schlupp was you know either tired or relatively abject in most people's opinion, other than yours, Nick. And I think Kabai was was suffering from not being able to do the things he wanted to do. So I suppose we kind of I, I would sum it up in that that kind of sums up why why it broke down for us. Um, yeah, it was just frustrating that we seemed to have a bit of impetus and it just fizzled. Yeah, it did fizzle. It did absolutely fizzle. Let's let some other guys talk as well, though. Albert, I, I felt it fizzled. What about you? <laughs> I think it fizzled. No, uh, I, th- I think Nick Nick sort of touched on it already. You know, it's you know you can't you can't really win Townsend because you're you're being asked to play up front, which let's face it, in any other circumstances that wouldn't be the case. But at the same time, you're you're one of the most the expectancy to create and get balls into the box for a striker is also, you know, is also on Andros Townsend. So he can't really win really. So he's got to somehow provide chances for himself. And <laughs> when, like, you know, when no one else is, he gets to the box and if he looks up and there's no one making a run or there's, you know, no disrespect to him, but only Zaha's in the box surrounded by probably three or four defenders. Like you said, what 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 do you do? Do you punt it in and hope no, for the best, or Albert, do you do you wait for for backup? No, you kick the ball as high in the air as you can, and that gives you time to get into the box to meet your own cross. <laughs> I mean, he's quick. That actually he's happened. Quick. It's not rugby, <laughs> <laughs> but that actually happened in the in the game. I'm sure it did. I remember in the first half. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Jeff Schluff who just he tried to make a decision. He just went, ah, screw it. Dealt with it as high as he could in the air. And uh, we tried to pick up the pieces. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky because, like you say, the, the two people that are meant to be the providers, are, you know, and are now now being expected to be on the end of those things. And it's, it, like I said, with Chelsea, we managed to do it. But I think that's only probably given Newcastle the impetus to, like I said, we've, we've given them something to plan for. Chelsea probably just turned up wanted to do their own thing and you know we caught we caught them a bit cold you know like I say Newcastle have had all week to knowing that there's no there's no drastic change we can have probably going to go with the same team and same tactics and like I say you're giving them something to you know to nullify yeah and I, I do think it's important to to recognize that we were the better team against Newcastle it was it was a result that was harsh on us um, and as much as we're talking about the things that we did wrong or didn't quite do as well as against Chelsea, we actually, on the balance of it, we did create just about enough to to justify winning the game. So we had Zaha's chance in the first half. And of course, you know, we've had Van Aanholt yet again with a glorious chance um, in, the, in the second. Mm. Uh, so this is obviously before we conceded. It's at nil-nil. Loftus-Cheek has come off the bench and is, is on the right side running through. I'm not too sure if it was a cross or a shot. I mean, it's either a very bad shot or a, an almost brilliant cross. Well, that's the uh, other thing with that. He, that chance only comes about because someone, I, can't th- I don't know who it is, who plays the ball into Loftus-Cheek. 
And all he needs to do is take a touch just to knock it forward. And he, I'm not saying he's through on goal, but he's got a direct line to run into the box and maybe get a shot away. But he completely miscontrols it and it runs across him. Um, and like you say, whether it's a, a shot or a cross, it's, you know, PVA should be probably getting there a bit quicker. It was Gascoigne Euro 96, wasn't it? <laughs> it really yeah. was, yeah. When you've Again, I've looked at some of the, the, the highlights today. Um, from on the, at the game, it looked like it went through him. And um, I know a few people thought that, but it's, yeah, I think it was a goal was on Sunday. They highlighted that it was just ahead of him. You know, he, he stretched as much as he possibly could and he's, it was just beyond that toe, um, which is, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, he missed, a, he missed at least, well, he missed an absolute sitter against Chelsea. And, you know, that that's it for us, really. That's the game wrapped up there. We hadn't played particularly well in the second half, but deserved to be going ahead at that point through the performance in the first. And instead, you know, we miss it. Not that long till Townsend gets sort of tries to hit the ball off. Uh, not sure who it was in the, uh, you know, the edge of the area. Uh, goes out for a corner. Corner comes in. And uh, again, at first you think, oh, that's a terrible marking. He's headed that straight in. You know, maybe a taller goalkeeper gets there, which we'll talk about in a moment. But basically we think terrible defending from the set piece and well, well you know what a load of rubbish and then you see it back and actually we've won the header MacArthur's managed to head it into the back of uh oh, what's the guy's name Marino or something like Marino. that Marino headed it into the back of his head and it's just gone into the net and when your luck's out your luck's out Alex yeah it is and I, 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 last week, if you see the Bakayoko goal, um, we had Van Arnholt marking Bakayoko. Now, obviously, there's a, a substantial height difference there uh, in, in, in that. And then if you see yesterday, we had MacArthur marking Marino. So Marino's six foot two. I don't, I don't know what MacArthur is. MacArthur's probably just under six foot. Probably a mismatch there. Why isn't the likes of Dan or Sacco marking Marino? I know Marino came off the bench and probably they haven't planned for it. But still, that just does not make sense to me. And... These are costing us. These goals from set pieces are seriously costing us. And we're just not, you know, we're not putting the right players on the right, on the right opposition players. And they're taking advantage. And all right, I know uh, MacArthur did get a head on to it first. But if you had somebody like Asako or Dan there, they would have cleared the ball and we wouldn't be talking about this right now. And that just really frustrates me because I know we talk about uh, Hodgson and the fact that he's, you know, a solid manager. He's always had teams that have been solid at the back, really well organised. And that's two games running now where we've let in goals where we shouldn't be letting goals in. And it's just so frustrating. Well, a lot of people um, that, who contacted the show earlier, Alex, have said similar things about the set pieces and the, the way we defend them. And, you know, do we see it as a problem? Is it a problem, Nick? You know, is it something that's... A, oh, Albert, I'm going to say, because he just said me. Is it a problem, Albert? Well, it's, it's weird because it it's sort of... You look at the way we set up and it's kind of you sort of tilt your head one way and it looks like we're going man for man. And then when you tilt your head the other way, it looks like we're sort of going zonal. Um, and, it, you know, the, the the goal yesterday, you've got, you know, Marino, Marino is being marked, but then you look like you look like at the look at the um, six yard line and you've got three or four players who look like they're, you know, they're marking zonally. And so I, I don't know if you can, it's sort of hard to, hard to pinpoint and criticise really. So yeah. it's, well, when you uh, something that I did try and look at yesterday because it had been bugging me a little bit since last week, and I did try and have a look at how we were lining up for for set plays, and I think we've gone for a mix. And someone you know listening might correct me on this, and um, and please do if I'm wrong. But I, it looks to me like we've gone for a mix. We have, you know, a handful. You know, well, we're talking probably two or three players that are man marked, 
and then you have a, a, a zonal system for you know and MacArthur for example was in that zonal system which is mm. kind of edge of the six yard box stand in a line and, and try and come out and meet the ball um, again and that, that's not that unusual a system I, I'm not a big fan of zonal marking but you can't I also feel that you, it's difficult to go man for man all the time and again I think Alex touched on it perfectly really in the sense that you're talking about a player who's come off the bench and it's you know even if you have gone man for man the man might not match the player anymore and that's in-game management and that's where your your captain and your your leaders sort of are are there to to sort of go hold on a second that guy's a giant let's try and sort this out Um, that's where scott dan's got to say something then isn't he scott dan's got to stand up and be a captain and actually organize his defense because if he's leading the back four, he's got to say, all right, we need somebody else on Marino. We need somebody on the shells. We need somebody on Le Zion. Do you know what I mean? And it's just frustrating because we haven't got those leaders in this team. And it's, frustra- it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But, you know, they, they, he, hasn't, he hasn't got two minutes to sort it out. You know, like the ball goes out, they put the ball down and then the corner's coming in. You know, you can't, you can't completely reshuffle the way you've been asked to d- defend set pieces. You know, that's why mistakes happen. But if you look at their captain, Lascelles, he organised their back four so well yesterday. And for, like, he's a player that's just a perfect captain. He's, he's, he stands up for the side and he, he organises his defence so well. And we haven't got that. And I feel that that's, that's so important. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, like, I thought Dan was fantastic last week, but he just doesn't, he doesn't command as well as he should do. And it's so frustrating that we have somebody like that who's got all the technical, all the technical ability, all the physical ability, but he just, he just, he doesn't, doesn't talk enough. And, and, and that's going to cost us. And well, even if we've got those leaders, we'll go down. We'll go I, down. I, I do think, I mean, I, I've watched Dan since he's sort of got the captaincy back with punch being on the bench. And I do feel he's much more vocal than he used to be. Um, but again, it's more about encouragement. I get the organisation bit. I don't know. I'd have to be a lot closer to know uh, for certain what you're saying, whether it was true or not, Alex. But he does kind of feel that way. And Nick? Would, with, would Benteke be kind of back in the box once he's back? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there is there is he'd, that he'd as well. Yeah, that and, and he'd be going for, for the taller players. And I've completely <laughs> forgotten what I typed in me for now. Um, yeah. Oh, no, it was the goal. Um Shelby, he, he fouled. Goodbye. There was a foul well, in the penalty area when they yeah, scored. Yeah, I was going to query that. Yeah, I did see that as well, yeah. But again, it, you probably could argue it might not affect anything, but maybe Goodbye gets to the front it's post. It's a foul. A foul is a foul. Yeah, that's true, Nick. I it's would right agree in front of the ref as well. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably the nearest incident to the referee. Yeah. But it's, that yeah. Head, it's, the, it's the head, the, the, the floodlights um, shone off um, his head, so he was dazzled and didn't see hey. it. hey. Bald man junior, you leave him alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, listen again. I, I would, I would say maybe the ref has seen a, a, from his angle. Kabai's maybe got older Shelby as well, or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know really. Um, you know, you talk about Benteke. Maybe he would have been the man on the front post. He often is, and maybe he, he, he not on the actual post, but you know, our, our near post corner sort of interceptor. That's kind of his role because they don't like him too far in the middle because he loses his man all the time, but. Um, you know, maybe maybe he makes a difference. But look, we haven't got him. We've got to defend properly. And you know, I, I'm not quite as militant as, as Alex is about it. But I do agree, it's a, a frustration, frustrating situation that that we could be doing better. And again, it it has cost us a game, but it was unlucky. It was really very very unlucky. Uh, now, what do we think about Spironi? He's had a for me, he's had a very good game. He's made his positioning is excellent. Always has been. His shot stopping is excellent. And even where he's not making it 
you know, a reaction save himself. He's in the right place and the ball hits him and it, and it seems to go away from the goal, um, you know, which is always handy. But uh, anyone, anyone on the panel feel that, you know, he maybe should be doing better there? Because I think he almost gets a, a fingertip to it. He might, might even touch it as it goes over him. Do we think he should be doing better there? No. No, no, because of the way the, the, the ball went. If if it was a straight header, I think if if um, the uh, Newcastle guy had actually got his head to it initially, I think that was that was the way Spironi thought it was going to go. But the fact yeah. that it came back in and out, um, wrong footed him a bit, and there's there's nothing he could have done about that. He also had Van Arnholt sort of blocking his view, didn't he? As well, distracting him in a way. And I feel like if he wasn't in his eye line, he probably would have had a better view of it. Well, it was it was an odd position for Van Arnold yeah. to be, wasn't it? Because obviously, I think he was on the the post, wasn't he, initially? Yeah, and sort of wandered across a bit, like he likes to wander during defensive yeah. duties, anyway. Uh, and he's obviously <laughs> ended up he's ended up behind Spironi trying to sort of hook the ball out of the net. But you know, your, your keeper's there; that's what he's what he's there to do. So he's nearer the back post than he is the, the near post, which is yeah, yeah it's it's weird. But I don't, I don't think Van Arnold necessarily impede Sproni at all it's like I, said, I think it's that like Nick's alluded to it's that split second it's the ball's made contact with MacArthur's head and then immediately ricocheted off someone and that's probably you know that's the split second that you know Jules needs to react to and yeah maybe a taller, a taller keeper does get it but it, you know ifs and buts a taller keeper doesn't command the box eh if we're talking yeah. about you one yeah that's so, you know, swings and roundabouts uh, Nick there's a comment you put there from the, the chat room Yes, Cool Eagle, um, this is about 10 minutes ago. He's just got back from Newcastle. Few heavy nights, fizzles last 20 minutes. It definitely fizzled. Um, <laughs> Absolutely fizzled, yeah. The heat map for Zaha and Townsend showed that they didn't get in the box. They just played wide. But we definitely deserved at least a point. Um, can I come back to the goal? I was so surprised when I scored. I was really blasé from that match, thinking we're really comfortable here. They're a bit crap. We'll, we'll get a draw, or maybe we'll, we'll get a win. I just could not see them scoring, and I was really surprised when they did. Bloody Palace, let me but again, it's, it's a massive slice of bad luck, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah, it's a crap goal. It is, a, it is a crap goal, and you know, it was a it was a crap goal and a crap half with some crap weather, but but I'm not I'm not yeah. melting down like half no. of social media because it wasn't. It wasn't a brilliant performance, but it wasn't a bad performance. No, exactly. When you compare that to to the performances earlier on in the season, um, and even I suppose when you look at the the absolute drubbings we got against City and United, where we didn't really have any fight. You know, we we were playing very good teams, but we just didn't impose ourselves at all. We've we played two games in a row now where you know we've been dominant for large proportions of it we've been the ones who've dictated the tempo and how the game goes and we should feel good about that we really should but it is obviously spoiled by an abject failure to create enough chances and the ones we do create we haven't taken them and it's you know it's it's really basic stuff when it comes down to it the the sort of difference between you know the long drive back from Newcastle with a smile on my face to to a long drive back from Newcastle with one of the worst hangovers I've ever had despite the fact I didn't drink last night, it was the night before. So it's, I don't, you know, I'm, I I certainly don't think that the reaction from some, you know, and I, it is only from some um, on social media where they've, they really have sort of gone off at the deep end uh, was warranted. 
I think there's still plenty of cause for optimism. But I think a lot of it goes down to the teams around us, you know, people picking up points. And, you know, we've got, we have got a long way to go. We really have. Not the 31 matches that, that Roy Hodgson claimed it was after the game. I think he's forgotten too. But we have we have got plenty of matches to put it right. But people will look at Newcastle, even though it was a, an away game, they will look at them as a team that's just come up and forget the fact that they're doing really, really well and they've got a bit of momentum about them. They'll look at that as a game we should have won. You know, on, on balance, we should have done. They've only lost home at, at home once, didn't they, against Tottenham, first game of the season. So, yeah. you know, it's not like... Yeah. People were expecting too much going into that game. I think. I, I you know, we, obviously, you, you come off the back of beating Chelsea and, and the optimism that that caused, the way we played. Of course, people are going to feel like that, and I think we all feared, you know, going up to Newcastle and losing. But I suppose the way the game panned out, it was actually harder to take because, you know, had we gone and put in a stinker of a performance, and you just think, ah, oh, that is typical Palace. But um, you know, bad luck as as, as much as you know, a bit of sloppiness and, and we're, you know, we're still only on three points. But again, I suppose you could take the, the attitude of if you flip that around and we'd lost to Chelsea and beaten Newcastle, we'd be in the same position. I think most people would have thought that's how it would have gone. So again, plenty of plenty of cause for optimism. You made a noise, Alex. Were you just agreeing with me? Nothing. Silence now. Egan and Croydon yeah. in the chat room has yeah. said football is cruel. Just keep going. And the the consensus in there is that don't panic. Roy is sorting the team out. We'll get our strikers back soon. Um, there's plenty of time. So let, I mean, let's go back to so let's call it full circle, if you like, and go back to where we talked before the game. Uh, you know, when before the game, we wouldn't have made any changes. We'd have started the way that that Roy started. So as you look forward to maybe the next game, if you look at the players we have available, who in the team do you feel? You know, we that is, is either playing in the wrong position, or maybe, you know, there's someone out there who can come in and do a better job. You know, I'm going to start start us off with James MacArthur. Okay, so big fan of James MacArthur, always have been. Love him as a central midfielder, and I've seen the job he's been doing out wide, wide right, and tuck it in. And I, I, I like what he did against Chelsea, but I thought he was a weak link against uh, against Newcastle. I just felt he looked. Lost at times, um, although looked very, very good at times. But he's one that I would pinpoint and say, look, he's playing out of position. There's no need to play him there. You know, there are players that can play in that role, which is wide right midfield, tuck it inside and do a better job. And Loftus-Cheek is one of those. Um, and of course, I, I suppose Joe won't like me saying it, but but Punch, you know, uh, again, punch could come going come in for slap on the left. I don't know. I know we're trying to trying to look at pace, but my one's Macarthur. Who wants to argue with me about that? Am I talking no, rubbish? Everybody agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, is it the best? Are we going to get the best out of Loftus Cheek wide right though? That's the question, I suppose. Um, but well, there's a there's a lot of talk, isn't there, Chris, about maybe putting Loftus Cheek in the middle because he's played that role sometimes for Chelsea, where he's played. He's obviously a big presence and sort of gives Wilf and Townsend a sort of focal point to aim for because we saw that at Townsend in the second half. He was putting balls in and there was just nobody in there. So, But then I guess it breaks up what was so good last week. It's, it's, it's sticky, really. He's like, what do we do? Like, do we, do we stick what we had last week? Do we change it? Because I, I don't know. I feel like Loftus-Cheek is wasted on the right. He's, he's too good of a player to have on the right-hand side. I feel like you need him in the middle dictating play because he's a fantastic player, probably one of the best players in our squad in terms of ability. So it's tricky. I, I yeah, like you're right. Be 
and that's uh, but that's where you st- we start getting into the territory of looking at the system because obviously we have gone essentially four four two for a couple of games and you know we like that we like being on the front foot we like playing a, a traditional system and it worked well against Chelsea but when you look at the availability of players and the fact the fact you can't play that same way every game you know I look at the game against Newcastle and I think actually you know now 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 you've kind of said well put put him central that gives you the option of moving. You know, Townsend out there, he loves loves playing on the right as a as an orthodox right winger. You know, and again, you look at the other side, and you think, well, let's, let's get Schlupp out of there, put Zaha back left, then all of a sudden, you, you know, all you got to do is find find someone else to sort of play alongside or or up with um, Loftus Cheek. I don't know. It's there's something that I I do believe that the, with the players we got until we hit January until we, or until we get Benteke back, I do believe there's something there. There's a system there that will just give us that edge in these games where we're given a bit of possession, where we've got to break a team down and we're, and we're failing to do it. Albert? Um, two words, false nine. <laughs> false um, nine, you love a false nine. nine. No, 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 I, I generally think, um, again, Alex has already sort of pit me to the post, but you sort of go four, three, three, false nine, potentially with Loftus-Cheek being that, being that sort of withdrawn striker and you put Zaha and Townsend back where they're best out wide and, you know, we've got, Fullbacks who can overlap if we if you if you know if that suits the the team we're playing against and Loftus Cheek just does a shift you know straight up and down in the middle um like you say give him a focal point. Uh, and Nick, you were just about to speak before Albert was there. Yeah, sorry, I'd like to see Sacco play as a box to box midfielder because I think he'd be superb. He can pass the ball, oh. he can distribute it. He's calm. He can win those tackles. The balls he puts through, he nearly put Will through, but it was offside yesterday in a very similar fashion to the way he put him through last week. I'm trying He's to work. Scares, to work if this scares, is serious or no, but he, he just came to me. But wouldn't he be a good box to box midfield player if we had oh. somebody as good as him no, behind? No, no. <laughs> in, the, in the mold of that that guy that played for Man City, he hasn't played much lately. Yeah, uh, Toure. No, no, this is Nick's equivalent of Gerald's 3 5 2. Remember, <laughs> this is you've gone bonkers, Nick. No, I just, I'd just like to see it. I just miss Claude Davis. That's all. I, I know. I know. We all miss Claude Davis, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that was that was that was out of left field. You've done very well there. Is Benteke <laughs> potentially, you know, potentially in line for next Saturday, or is it? I don't believe so. I think they they talked about him being about you know a couple of weeks away from from training, sort of mid mid week, I think. So. No, we've we've got to we've got to carry on as we are, and I, I think if anything's going to change, it's likely to be what we've just highlighted, which is obviously Loftus Cheek to play centrally um, as as a kind of focal point. But you know, it, it does, and I have to kind of side with those who feel it's a ridiculous situation to be in. You know, it, it does is is very frustrating to to be a Premier League club that doesn't have a doesn't have an actual out and out striker available. It, it really does feel ridiculous. Oh, and, oh, don't we have a striker, Chris? <laughs> Someone, as I know, really. Mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so look, there we are. So, um, I, 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 you know, pretty much this conversation exactly what, what I was getting at, which is trying to put people, our best players, in their best positions. You know, and and I thought I'm convinced that the the Zaha Townsend on the in the, in the wide positions in a four three three has enough about it to absolutely destroy teams with the right focal point and the right support from midfield. And I, as I, what I'm trying to get to is I do feel that somewhere with what we already have, you know, if Benteke was fit right now, 
I, I do feel the solution's there. The solution is there to be a really, really good team. We've just got to play with confidence, belief, and, and you know, take those ideas that Roy's bringing in about shape and about support and about ensuring that the distances between players aren't too big. And I think we're there. But currently, we're bottom of the league with three points. So it's it's a very, very weird and tough situation to be in right now and it's you know defeats don't help they don't even though the performance was good so we've got a huge game coming up which of course terence will preview in, in midweek uh Bristol. against the west Ham. <laughs> well, we do have bristol city first um and i was going to come to that because obviously terence won't be previewing bristol city so we won't be treading on his toes with this chat um you, you you're going to that with with myself albert uh you know look yeah. what you what you're looking forward to seeing do you want to see an experimental lineup or do you want to see you know the, the, the players that played at the weekend feature as much as possible uh, I haven't thought about it to be honest it's sort of I've just finished work so you know it's just a, it's just a day out for me so <laughs> fair enough <laughs> it's it's football match. 12 quid isn't it 12 quid yeah. it, is, it is 12 quid yeah nah, it's, it's been nice to go and watch watch Palace against Bristol City it doesn't get the you a chip the... supper these days 12 quid right it doesn't but it's the scene of some real horror shows for Palace's yeah, yeah. over the years. So hopefully not another one. But um, I think Hodgson talks uh, after the game about you know Hennessy will probably probably play. Um, the centre backs will probably be Kelly and uh, Tompkins, from what he was saying. Um, but Sacco be good. Just in front of them. Sacco just in front of them. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, sorry, what did you say, Albert? I'll tell, I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see if I'm assuming like Punchin is probably going to get into starting lineup. Yeah. I'd like to see a reaction from Jason Punchin. Yeah, that's and, a good you know, show. Give 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 Hodgson a headache for Saturday, you know, and and uh, you know, and any and any other fringe players, you know, to just to give give an excuse to maybe um, you know shake it up a little bit or at least put the existing eleven under a bit of pressure, you know, just because you know. One thing we haven't touched on, which again we're maybe getting a bit ahead of ourselves, is next Saturday's massive. Oh, absolutely! You know, West Ham are in a, a proper state at the moment, and we are very, very good at being the team that helps others get out of the mess. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a hobby of ours. It's Sunderland, re- isn't it? This yeah. next week, exactly. Yeah. So be prepared for football. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, if that happens, I'm going to blame. Uh, but. No, I'd like to see. I'd like to see against Bristol City again. We we always talk about it. Get get a couple of youth players in. You know, let's Kai Kai's still lurking about. Let's give him a shout from the start. Um, yeah, Lameka as well. Yeah, Lameka. You know, decent off the bench. Levi Lameka when he did play. Um, I don't know. If I think Kirby's away on international duty with the under 17s in the World Cup. Otherwise, I'd like to have seen him have a go. Um, you know, we just we just can't. Just got to see some of these lads. Let's have a little, something to be a little bit sort of cheerful about. I don't particularly want a cup run, but you know, if it happens, great. <laughs> you don't want a cup run, and Muck will get the winner on Wednesday. <laughs> Absolutely, will. Oh, celebrating as well. Uh, anyway, listen. I'm so sorry. It's been a bit of a lackluster show. The guys have done great, despite my uh, inability to speak and think at the same time. It's been really difficult. But uh, for once, we're going to finish on time <laughs> at nine o'clock. Um, and we're going to finish with a Hamblings rambling um, and of course some sort of goodbye music so do uh, catch Terence's midweek preview should should be released on the Wednesday after um, 
<laughs> just read a, I just read a message from Alex, which is just completely different. For no, for no reason. Thanks, Alex. Um, but yeah, so it should be out on the, uh, just after it's finished recording on the Wednesday night. Uh, so do catch that. And of course, we will be back next Sunday, and hopefully, I'll be in a far better state for that one. So thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Chris Hambling's got all ranty. Something's really wound him up. He's using lots of nutty words like bloody cripes and for Pete's sake. It's going to get quite heated. The air is turning blue. The refs have cut. The players are. And guess what? So are you. He'll whine about the tactics, the substitutes and such. But please don't get him started on Jordan much. So, it's time for another Hamblings Rambling, and, um, well, it's, it's never easy to, uh, to think of a subject, because you've got to get angry about something every week, and, uh, last week I was angry about the, the team winning and having nothing to, to be angry about, so, but this week, uh, I think it's a legitimate complaint, you know, it's not the game, the game was, uh, disappointing, but, you know, the performance was alright, and, you know, I'd had a I'd had a good night out in Newcastle as well. It's a great city to go out in, so there's nothing too bad. I can't really find too much to complain about there. Of course, I'd probably been a lot happier if I hadn't misread something before I went up to Newcastle, and that something was the position of the away fans. See, I've been before several times to St James's Park, and you know, I shouldn't really have been surprised, but I thought the away fans had been moved to nearer the pitch, but in fact. That isn't the case. The UA fans are back up in the gods, apparently Newcastle, have a year's reprieve. So that doesn't really do me much good. You see, when you actually go to Newcastle, you will appreciate this. Because you, you get there, you remember the stairs, and you think to yourself, it's okay, it's just stairs, isn't it? It's just stairs. What's wrong with stairs? We use them every day in our lives, except there's not usually 150,000 of them. It's absolutely insane. Insane. You see people after two or three flights having asthma attacks. You think there should be some kind of oxygen tent at least halfway up. There's nothing. It's just you and the stairs and the concrete. And what's more annoying is when there's physically fit children running past you like it's nothing. It isn't nothing. I tell you what, it's not nothing. What it actually is, is a climb that raises your heart rate to such a level that you have to take your Fitbit off because you don't want to know what your heart rate is. It's absolutely mental. And it, and it gets worse because every time you go there they seem to have added another set of stairs at least another three or four sets since i've last been there it's absolutely mental it's a crime and someone needs to do something about it now chris hambling's gone all ranty something's really wound him up he's using lots of nutty words like bloody cripes and for pete's sake it's going to get quite heated the air is turning blue the refs have cut, the players are, and guess what, so are you. He'll whine about the tactics, the substitutes and such. But please don't get him started on Jordan Much. I'm not going to do a Dennis Norden voice. No one will know the reference. It'll just be weird. Okay, Dennis uh, Rissos then. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Rissos. Dennis What's your favourite Dennis? Dennis <laughs> Rissos. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'll this uh, so I can do an intro, Mikey. Oh, I'm, I'm just recording everything now. I think. <laughs>
I think that's a good tactic for the future. Yeah. Um, so what you're about to hear and what you've just heard are <laughs> um, recordings where we didn't know we were being recorded. So uh, I, know, I know I'm being recorded now, obviously, because I'm uh, re- referring to it. Um, stops now, Mikey. I, I hate didn't. to do it again. <laughs> so, um, oh. so anyway, um, this was uh, a chat recorded pre-show, and it contains probably the favourite thing, my favourite thing that Nick has ever said. So, um, yeah, hope better you enjoy it. The, better than the Malteser bin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was... really, I thought that was that. I'd reached a pinnacle with the Malteser bin, the, the Malteser rejects. I think I'd forgotten that. Yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah. Have you referred to something that we no one knows about? No, we talked about yeah, it. Is it show. something you said on the radio? Or is this just a conversation you had with someone else no, this, once upon a time? we said it on the show. And really? then you, you told us about you working in a bakery, Chris. Yeah. Right. Mm. Is it entertaining? Uh, more entertaining than this. Yeah. Yeah, this has got weak, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> we found out we were being recorded. <laughs> Yeah. What bakery did you work for, Chris? <laughs> I was uh, a <laughs> I used to have a factory in, in Crawley. Oh, I used to love the bread. <laughs> yeah, it's my favourite. Well, how much you earned, or the oh, actual bread, <laughs> or the scale? <laughs> Not funny. Why, the, why do you even exist? Nick? <laughs> <sighs> oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, if it's if this is actually being played out this bit, sorry, and uh, do enjoy the next bit. It's better. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Basically, going around the M25 to get on the M4. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically, yeah. Okay. okay. So, That's... and I don't mind you know diversion here and there, but and it could be okay. a different place I pick you up from than I drop you off if it's convenient that way. Yeah, I can make that work. Would you? What about picking me up from Chessington World of Adventures? I mean, I could do that. You don't have to go in. I mean, like, outside. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I used to go there when it was Chessington Zoo. That was a long time ago. Mm. I knew everything was a long time ago that I can remember. I can't yeah. remember last week. I would say... anecdote felt like quite a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I always say you've not lived until you've been forcefully removed from Chessington World of Adventures for... Uh, invading other boats on the bubble works. Uh, <laughs> then, were you? Yeah, you have to uh, boat as soon as you hit the strobe area. That's the, that's the rule because no one can see properly in the strobe area, including yourself. But you can yeah. see enough to see the other boats. Mike, that, um, that puts my getting kicked out of the cinema for taking in a pea shooter and uh, letting letting loose um, when the film starts. They didn't get kicked out. That sounds like something from the Beano, doesn't it? But I yeah, really come on, mate. You just read that, didn't you? <laughs> no, I really did it. Unbelievable. Alex, have you ever used a pea shooter? Silence, Hello. 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 Sorry. No, I've not used a pea shooter, no. You know, have you ever no. seen one? No, I don't know what that is. What is a pea shooter? Oh. Oh. Am I showing... You guys showing your age again? It's hey. like... Oh. A... It's like a, a straw with a wider diameter than the usual straw, enough to fit a pea in, and then it's got, kind of got a sucker thing on the other on the end, but it's got a yeah, hole in it. Yeah, it's called Nick Gusset. Yes. Hey. <laughs> uh, Are you recording this? This is gold. It is gold. I was just thinking the same oh. thing. I bet he's not. And um, you blow, and the and the pea comes out. <laughs> what, what, what did you do? <laughs> Nick, if you blow and the pea comes out, you're doing it all wrong, mate. 
That really is it's not supposed to happen, mate. That's uh, you got to go to the doctors with that. You, really have, you are old as fuck, y'all. The other, the other, the other people getting chucked out of cinema story I've got is um, they sh- did a late night Friday night showing of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, there were thirteen people in there watching it, and by halfway through, eight had been kicked out for smoking dope. Naughty. Oh. Were you one of those? Oh. No, I wasn't actually. It's weird. No, yeah. I, I'd had cake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fuck for cake. <laughs> Nasty habit. That was a long time ago. Bloody hell. Then again, everything was a long time ago, wasn't it? (laughs) It was a long time ago. It's a shame you didn't see me looking wistfully into the distance just then. I could kind of imagine it. Yeah. Uh, So, how was the journey up and down, Chris? Not good. Did Uh, you drive, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, you're brave. Horrible. It's better than being on public transport with, you know, the other human beings. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Were you bombing it on the motorway? Uh, I tried, but on the way up, it was <laughs> awful. It was just so, so bad because, I mean, I, I took me like three and a half hours to get to Northampton to pick pick the girls up. And that was like, that should have been two hours. So that was really bad. I was yeah. quite pissed off at that. And then we just, just took another six hours to get to Newcastle, basically. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. So um, although it did encourage me to get incredibly drunk incredibly quickly when we got there. Um, but yeah, the way back, the way back was better. It's not that long. I've not been a night out in Newcastle before. I've always wanted oh, to do it's that. Really it's really good. It's so good. Everyone's incredibly friendly. It doesn't. You don't think they're going to be. Yeah. Because it's got that air of danger about it. But it's, <laughs> you know, I've, it's I've nice. Found that about Liverpool. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, Liverpool's great. Not so Cardiff. No, God, no. no. We've got... I hope you're not recording this. <laughs> We're definitely... Actually, okay. broad- broadcasting it live to Wales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enemy number one. And porpoises. No, I went did, out we, in, uh... did we used to have beef with Cardiff City fans back in the day, the championship? I yeah, I yeah that, that's in the oh. deli, isn't it? Marks and Spencers. Which one and it was just there was one who was, 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 was. I heard that. Yeah, uh, he used to message us all the time. I'm saying good night. Yeah, that's it. Yep. I remember that's, that call. That's going back. That's because we did the sheep noises and we're really politically uh, correct and everything. Oh, great. Well, that's something to look forward to for next season then. Yeah. Okay. None of that. None I'll of be that. back in two minutes. <laughs> the bathroom <laughs> three. <laughs> really neat. You need to stop that sound effect. <laughs> You've just so have you got the Mark Ross's? Uh, 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 have you got that? That's in the archive, I think. <laughs> Come on, wheel it out. Come on, Mikey. That's in the folder marked gold. <laughs> Did you do Bar Bar Black Sheet with? Uh, 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 <laughs> I remember um, that. The thing was, yeah, it was Twinkle Twinkle, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, yeah, with. that's it. And then, um, but the thing is, I remember Mikey didn't really have to change the tone or order of the clip. <laughs> the others naturally went like that. <laughs> I mean, Long, yeah, so long full match and the shows most significant thing to, to you that changed that second half? Um, you know, uh, he wanted more. Um, but, uh, Oh, I it, was that, it, it was that noise where he went quiet. And that was during a news in brief where he just stopped, his brain just stopped. 
And then when he came back, he came, <laughs> just as I said, Mark, like with a question, he went, ah! It's actually, it was genuinely nice. Oh god! The other thing that's amazing about that is that the the actual song that's playing is so just bad, like poor, poorly made, is just really crap, <laughs> cheap. <laughs> Mikey did that himself on his keyboard. I was say that to me ages. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, <Okay>, man! <laughs> and <laughs> loves a dive when playing football. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's embarrassing. Absolutely throw himself to the ground, but in like a really unconvincing slow motion. <laughs> yeah, it makes Terence Terence look normal after his uh, theatrics. Oh yeah. Between the clubs, owners, the players, and the manager, we can speak to a fan now who speaks to the fans. Nick Gillard from Homesdale Radio. <laughs> <laughs> surprised by this decision. <laughs> That was so funny. Yeah, you didn't drive fucking 45 minutes each way for it, did you? No, that's why it's so funny. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) You blow, and the and the pee comes out. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.